Hello everyone, we're here for Lit Chat. Um, I'm Bonnie and today I have a special guest. Beth is with me today. PJ is not here with us today. Hi everybody. Uh, today is a day where we discuss just whatever we have read. It was nothing special. So we'll let Beth start out. Okay, I'm going to talk about two things very briefly and a third thing not so briefly. In the past Lit Chats, you have probably heard Bonnie and PJ mention both the Rose Code and the Postscript Murders. Since I typically edit these, I get to hear all their suggestions and the things that they've read, and I decided to read those two books. And I have to say, they were really, really good. Which one did you like better? Rose Code or you like the Postscript Murders better? I have to say I like the Postscript Murders just because I'm more of a mystery fan mm -hmm. than the historical, that type of historical fiction. Right. Although I did like the Rose Code. Yeah. It was very good. It was. It was really good. I thought the author took some significant liberties. Very much so. <laughs> yes. Um, with um, it, which was like, it's historical hard on the fiction part as opposed to the historical part, I think, but yes. Do you find that you like series better than like one-offs? Yes, usually I'm a, I'm a series reader. Yeah. Although, you know, every so often I'll find a really good one. Sometimes, usually it's what PJ has <laughs> read and recommends. Yeah. But occasionally I will find a little one-off one. But I'm usually a big series person. See, I am I'll, too. I'll find a book. And I'll go to the library and I'll see a new book and I'll go, oh no, this is the sixth one in the series. I gotta start at the beginning. <laughs> gotta start at the beginning. So, uh, yeah, so I found a couple that way. Yeah, and I find that particularly like the murder mystery series, you almost always, not always, but almost always, those have to go in order because the characters like really develop and things that happen in the past oh, I know. impact them. And I can't stand it when my husband just picks up one in the middle and reads it because how can you do how that? How do you do that? You're like being dropped you know? in the middle of a world and you don't know all the little ins and outs and little hints and references to things, which is what gets me to the murder mystery series that is actually probably my favorite. And it's the Three Pines, the Inspector Gamache series, which just came out with the most recent book and it is The Madness of Crowds, which is very interesting and very timely. I haven't and read it yet. It's on hold. Who wrote? Who writes? That's Louise Penny. Okay. And she has written this whole series, and I think this is book 17. Don't hold me to that number, but I believe it's book 17. And just now, all of them are really great. That's the series that starts with the still life or something yes. like that? Yes. Okay, because I chose that as my book for summer reading. My my book yeah. for doing summer reading and thought I've heard so much about her and about this series that I'll get the book so that I don't have to worry about it being in the library and just see how I like it. Uh-huh. And, and what'd you think? Well, I haven't read oh, it yeah, yet. Oh, yeah, yet. Okay, I mean, you said it was summer reading. I thought you'd read it. No, I, I, that was the book oh, I got for you, signing up. For signing yes, up. Yes, it was okay, my, yeah. my freebie book. Yes, I got my mom caught on that particular series. I said, this, this, and she is, she's addicted to it. I have to put them on request for her before I can put them on request for me, or she gets cranky. Um, <laughs> so Rose Code, Postscript Murders, and that's a series, but I only read the first one. Well, it says it's a series, but I couldn't really find any other books okay. related to it. 
Okay. Um, so I don't know. It's it sounded like it was supposed to be a series. So maybe it's so new we just haven't gotten but to the next one yet. I I'm hoping okay. that that's what it is. Um, like I had said originally, my husband actually heard about that one listening to NPR one day. Oh, okay. And somebody brought up the fact that this book was really they were doing some kind of book review thing, and he heard about it, and so we read it. Now he wasn't particularly thrilled with it. I liked it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't. It wasn't real deep. You didn't have to go real deep, but there was some. I really liked the characters. I thought everyone yes. was fleshed out. There was no kind of just cardboard character there. They all had a life, and that life impacted their choices, which was really nice to run into because sometimes you just get, oh, and this happened to this person, but then that never impacts their choices or how they live or how they interact with other people. Um, there were some of there were some things in there that was like, well, you did that because you needed X Y Z to happen, but we're okay with that because it worked in the end. So that one I read it and I really enjoyed the the one I'm going to talk a little bit longer about, even though we also just mentioned Louise Penny in that series and that being my favorite. But is I went to one I haven't read before, but I've heard about all my life really. Um, All Creatures Great and Small, which is James Harriet, and it's based on his life, but they had done a new PBS-slash-BBC version of the book, and I just loved that because the series, it was just nice to watch something that you felt good through the whole thing. I mean, there were moments of tension and there were moments of anxiety, but it wasn't wasn't miserable, (laughs) you know? Right. And it was like, it was just... Nice to spend time with these people, characters who are based on real people. So I decided I wanted to actually read the book. So that's what I'm working on now. And the stories are even more outrageous than the TV series has has brought to light. But they are very well written. I mean, he has a real gift for yes, building a scene. He did. I have owned that series oh, really? for a okay. long, long, long time. And I think my daughter finally requested it and said, Mom, can I have this? Or can I take them home? So I may not actually have them in my possession right now. Mm. But yes, I've had that series. There's like three books. Right, yeah. And um, it's all creatures great and small. And I forget. It, it's part it's of that whole phrase. That whole phrase. Yeah. And I think it's bright biblical. And beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all yeah. things bright and beautiful. Mm. Um, and then there's another yeah. one. But, yeah. But, yes. I, I'm doing all creatures great and small. And it's just, it's delightful, yeah. kind of fun. And those. I and it's I'm amazing really... what animals do. Oh, goodness, yes. <laughs> it's I mean. just fun to, his his interactions with the people as they interact with their animals is just it can be absolutely hilarious absolutely and and, you know there are very small moments in my life that I actually spent time living on a farm and I did not see everything that goes on in that in the book but there are moments I was like oh so that's what they were doing because I was very young when I lived on the farm and I you know I didn't have really details but watching it now I'm like oh Okay, I remember that. We of. moved to a farm when I was, I want to say 12, 13. Mm-hmm. We moved from the suburbs in Michigan to a farm in Virginia. Wow, that's an extreme. 
And we had nothing at first, but then my dad said, well, we have a farm, so we're going to get some calves and we're going to raise calves. And then we ended up with a cow that we had to milk. <laughs> and, you know, we had dogs and cats, uh-huh. you know, but yeah. You had a cow? We had a cow that had to be milked. Yeah. Ours was a, a beef cattle. Now, we didn't farm, have chickens so. or anything like that. No. We, we just basically raised the beef cattle and sold them. Yeah. Yep, so those are my, my reads, and uh, so what did you have for us today, Bonnie? Well, I was, I was continuing some of the series and cool. some of my authors that I've been reading. There is a series that I've been reading by Deanna Rayburn. Um, she has two characters, Veronica Speedwell, who is a lepidopterist, which is a butterfly hunter, mm-hmm. and Stoker, who is a kind of a disgraced lord. Mm. This takes place in Victorian England. Right. And he's a taxidermist. So um, they were kind of, they, they ended up getting thrown together in the first book. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a romance that didn't really get romantic hmm. until the fourth book. <laughs> because well. both of these characters are very, very, very set in their ways. And even though they've gotten thrown together and worked together in mm-hmm. these they're involved in these mysteries together. Neither one of them wanted to give up their independence. Right. And even though this is Victorian England, she, from a very young age, was traveling the world by herself, mm-hmm. collecting butterflies and for people that wanted these special butterflies. So she was making a living collecting these butterflies. Mm-hmm. And she would have affairs on her trips. But her rule was, I cannot have an affair with anyone in England. Right. Because that would be too close. Too close to home. Right. And somebody might find out about it. Right. Now, I was telling PJ that they were getting close in book four and book five. They sealed the deal. Gotcha. But it's like, he's kind of on the verge of proposing. And she's like, don't you dare say those words Mm. because I am just not interested in getting married. We can carry on or we can just stop if you're going to be a A little too clingy. Yes. (laughs) So we're still not sure exactly where this relationship is going, Mm. but I finished the sixth book, which was the newest book. So now I have to wait around and find out so is she pretty quick in getting the next i don't know because that was one of those books that i saw on the new bookshelf and it was number six and i was like so you had to go so i I picked it up because i liked the idea of the book and i'm like oh okay let me go check out the rest of them so i'm guessing you know but she seems to write one a year it seems like so it shouldn't be too long so you don't have to wait wait too long long. so did she do it well like was it was it a natural kind of slow getting together? Yes. Or did you feel like the author was intentionally kind of keeping them apart? No, because, no. Okay. It was so, like, it was like, you kind of knew it was probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things. But she did a very good job of not putting them in bed together in the first book. Like right. so many romances do. And then it just... It's like they were very independent people, mm-hmm. and they act very independent and do things that makes each other angry because they are right coworkers, they're... sort of. They're right. they're working. You have to read some of the books. I'm not going to tell you everything. <laughs> okay. But in the first book, when they got thrown together, um, neither one of them had a place to live. Mm. 
And so there was a friend who, uh, another lord, who was very rich, and his family has, like, collected stuff, just these weird things, Mm -hmm. you know. And so they had this whole building on his property. And so they basically took up residence. He let them take up residence there in exchange for cataloging all of his stuff, stuff. which is probably going to take forever. So they will never run out of work. So, you know, they'll always have something to do. But they get thrown into these little mysteries because she is... Uh, connected, we'll say, mm-hmm. to the royal family. Aha! Uh-huh. And um, this is kind of what started the whole series. Right. So. Yeah. Can't tell you too much about that. Okay. But yeah. But she, you know, so she gets pulled into some things that she normally probably wouldn't. Wouldn't. But yeah, it. she's got that connection. Yeah. Interesting. Well, right. and she's got apparently she's got an Irish uncle who wants to take over England. And so he keeps trying to kidnap her in several different books to make her the queen. Right. So that, you know, so it gets convoluted. Okay, so there's a question. Since it is kind of historical, is it heavy historical? Like they'll throw political things that are going on at the time? Or is it light historical? Like they'll use the mannerisms and the social norms of it, but you don't really get into the politics of what's going on at the time. You don't really get into the politics, but they do throw a few things in there because otherwise you wouldn't have any clue why Just they're to set the scene. doing what they're doing. Right, okay. But it really doesn't, you don't have to get into the politics for this book. It's it's more just the time period. Okay. And, and what is expected of most people, and both Stoker and Veronica ignore polite society. <laughs> so it's mostly mostly the social stuff that they throw right. in there, not necessarily. Okay, cool. Right. Another one that I, I, another author that I've read is Mary Jo Putney. Mm. Now she is a historical romance person, and I was reading along, and I have a whole list of her books, and these were just the next ones on the list, and it turned out to be YA books. Oh, um, it's a, it's a trilogy that she wrote um, called it's a dark mirror trilogy but it's dark mirror dark passage dark destiny but it starts late 1700s mm. where this lord walks into this bar or this community room and apparently people believe in magic in this day and age and he's like it's terrible and disgusting that aristocrats are showing off their magic. It's so common that it shouldn't be allowed, you know. Mm. We should outlaw magic. And everybody's going, oh, but magic is so useful. You know, it heals people and it gets things cleaner and, you know, it just makes things run more smoothly. Mm-hmm. He goes, okay, fine. The commoners can be magical, but the aristocrats have to stop. Oh, And so they impose some sort of societal norms that now they're teaching their children that being magical is disgusting and terrible and you can get um, disowned if you show magical abilities. Ah. Now the thing is, you can't show magical abilities unless it's inherited. So somebody... One of your parents right. has got to be magical, but they they like tamp it down and they don't show it and they just like act like it isn't there, huh. right? So they're really hiding their true selves, and of course people get, you know, 
nasty and anxious and what have you when they're not being their true selves but so the first book starts out with this young girl that all of a sudden realizes she can float (laughs) (laughs) and her mother sees her and says oh my god you can't tell your dad she goes but and then, then she realizes, Mom, you have magical abilities, right? Oh, yeah. She goes, yes, but we don't talk about it. And he doesn't know. And I'm like, well, he's got to know because he doesn't have them. And if the kid's magical, it's got to come from somewhere. Right. So they blamed it on her mother, who was a Russian gypsy person. Okay. Okay. So anyway, we get into all of this. And if you're found out to be magical, you are sent off to this Lackland Abbey where disgraced aristocrats send their magical kids to Ah. have it beaten out of them or drilled out of them or whatever. But the problem is they have to teach them about magic to teach them how to control it. So you have some that really want to embrace their magical abilities. Mm -hmm. And it's like on the surface of this abbey, there's like a suppression spell that so that their magic won't work. Right. But there are tunnels underground that are just rich with magic. And everybody knows about them. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, a lot of it doesn't make right. any sense. Yeah, it's like... But, the, mm-hmm. but, it's, um, but she finds this mirror by accident when their tunnels are raided and she's running away and she runs into this dead end and all of a sudden this mirror appears, she touches it and boom, she is now in 1940. Okay. In the middle of World War II, at the beginning of World War II, the French are talking, uh, the Nazis are invading France, and they have to get the English and the French out of Dunkirk. Oh. And so all of these young mages, magelings, who mm-hmm. have been meeting secretly in the tunnels, being taught by two of the teachers mm-hmm. at the Abbey on how to... In- enhance their magic and embrace their magical abilities now she's off somewhere and they don't know where she is nobody saw her go go so does it go between the two timelines yes it goes between the two timelines and and it's they go and they help with the dunkirk Uh evacuation right with their magic and she points out in her author's notes that, yes, for some reason during that time period, they did have very calm seas and a fog that went over the channel at the time. And, of course, in her book, she's making it magical. Right. But then, you know, now they're back in their t- They had to go back another time to rescue a Jewish scientist. Mm. Um, so you have a lot of you have a lot of this abusive behavior to your children. You have anti-Semitism. You have young people finding out who they are. There's a whole lot of social stuff going on here, yeah. you know. But it's it's a nice little series if you like fantasy magical. Right. Stuff well, like and that. a lot of it's speculative fiction does that is it examines current or current at the time social things that are happening or things that are happening in society that are impacting the world and they are able to take kind of step it a little off a few degrees and examine it as a magical or um, in in science fiction as you know some sort of scientific well, thing that impacts it so that they can do those social discussions without actually you know addressing it head on well and and when they go to rescue this jewish scientist obviously they're magical they've gotten into this whole you know castle in Mm -hmm. france using magic right (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's like, how did you get in here? And they're like, you're not going to believe this because you're a scientist, but this is what happened. And this, so they showed him a few things, you know. He's going, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, but he won't go with them because the families are being held. So unless they can rescue everybody, which they managed to do, uh-huh. of course. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> But you don't know how. Right. See, there there are some tri- tricky things that happen because, you know, the Germans are involved, the Nazis right. are involved. You have um, all that going on. So there, it's it's a lot of stuff going on in the books. It's not just, you know, magic. Right, so there's, yeah. There's some magic underlying Magic is, is a tool to tell the story as opposed to just being the And now they're the back in, in their time and Napoleon is getting ready to invade England or is trying to invade England Ah. and um, you know she's using some historical things again to make them seem magical right right but you know it was it was stuff like you know storms just coming up out of the blue you know because the weather mages made the storms yeah those mages I tell you they just you know (laughs) messing with weather all the time but yeah so it they're pretty good and then the last one was um Joanna Carl writes a chocoholic series. <laughs> and it like takes my place kind of series. In, it takes place in Michigan, which I like because I yeah. was raised in Michigan. And it's this little resort town on Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. And they have this, she and her aunt Nettie, which is wild because my grandmother's name was Nettie. Wow. And uh, <laughs> called her Nettie. A lot of connections. And, and uh, they have this chocolate shop that... Um, her aunt and uncle built from the ground up. They actually went to Amsterdam and learned how to oh, make, okay. you know, chocolate. Mm-hmm. And so they had this very uh, exclusive shop, and um, and they it's it's a little murder mystery type thing, you know, that gets the but you have these chocolate trivia things all through the book, which oh, are kind of neat. That is kind of fun. And uh, the books are just fun little books, you know, not really a lot to think about, you know. Those are sometimes, you know, sometimes that's what you need. You just want to be on a journey with somebody and not feel like you have to, like, examine your entire life about She it. uses funny titles, like the latest one is Chocolate Raccoon Rigamarole. And she's had chocolate? chocolate shark shenanigans, where it's, it's what's happening in the book, and for some reason the chocolate shop makes the shape of the characters oh, and the, yeah. and to be given away or whatever. So it, it's kind of neat. And it's all so, yeah, it's so since it's in Michigan, are they using a lot of spots there that you like recognize? Like, yes, that, yes. that really happens and everything. Are they, is she accurate? Pretty much okay. from what she's used. Uh, obviously her little town is a, Fictional, fictional town, but yeah. just where it's located and all, it could be any little resort town along there, along oh, okay. Lake Michigan, you know. So, it, yeah, because so. it's always one of my favorite things is when people will set something in an area that perhaps they don't know as well, and they're saying, and then you go this way, and you're like, no, no, that's no. not the <laughs> way you would go. <laughs> you don't go there. No, not, that's not, not what happens right. when you're trying to get that way. Um, but yes. that's good. So yay. Nice read. So, yeah, We're that's good. all I've got. So next month, um, we are doing the Gulf Coast Reads book, which is The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clune. Now, it is science fiction, and I know a lot of you don't prefer science fiction. Neither PJ or I are big science fiction fans either, but we're going to try this, and we're going to see what it's about. 
because it was chosen for a reason. So we're going to try to find the reason. Sounds like a good hunt. So next month is our Gulf Coast Read, the house in the Cerulean Sea. Be sure to put the item on hold. There should be multiple copies in the system. Do requests online or you can give us a call and we'll put a request in for you. Well, thank you, Beth, for sitting in for us today. Thanks for having me. It was, it was fun. fun. And we will talk to you all next month. Bye. Bye.